Hey, what's going on? Welcome to another Warrior Wang Bang Wednesday on the E-Wang Bang Podcast. Everyday commentary by everyday people. This is your host, Emil Wang, and I am joined today by, as usual, by my very good friend, the very intelligent, the very passionate, the very knowledgeable, Genio James Liao. How's it going, man? What's good? What's good? The Warriors currently sit at 32-8, and eight, uh, good for the top record in the league, ahead of the Celtics, the Rockets, and Raptors, by two losses in the loss column. So far, pretty much what we had expected from the Golden State Warriors, despite some injuries that have littered the team. Now, I wanted to begin this session by reviewing individual performances of the Warriors players. Keep in mind our review is based on a grading system and takes into account the expectations coming into the season, salary, and playability assuming the Warriors make a deep playoff run. In the interest of time, we have elected not to review the players that have been given limited playing time. Uh, these players include Damian Jones, Quinn Cook, and Chris Boucher, who have all spent the majority of their season playing down in the D-League. So let's jump right into it. Let, let's start with uh, JaVale McGee. He's uh, he's a little bit of an interesting one. Uh, this past summer went out, tried to get some offers, didn't get the offers that he wanted, and ended up settling for a uh, minimum contract with us. So, uh, James, what do you think? Um, JaVale, I think for him, it was he was kind of put in a tough spot, I thought. You know, he kind of gambled on his success last year to try to get another contract, and it didn't really work out. So, I mean, we gladly took him back, but I think with – uh, the emergence of Jordan Bell, he actually does a lot of things that JaVale is able to do as well, uh, and then some. So the need for JaVale has kind of uh, diminished, so his role is pretty much um, non-existent now. I mean, I think he's played in a handful of games, like, since, you know, maybe December. Like, I can't even – I could probably, can probably count the number of games he's played uh, on one hand, like he just doesn't get any playing time anymore. If it does, it's a couple of minutes or it's a blowout game. You know, it's at this point, JaVale is just kind of an insurance policy. Yeah, we're a team of, you know, five centers now at this point, right? Draymond, David West, Zaza, Jordan Bell, uh, JaVale, Damian Jones. I mean, we, we got a bunch of dudes that can play this. Center. Oh, Kevin Durant as well, who we get yeah. some minutes there. So really, JaVale McGee, with the emergence of Jordan Bell, as well as kind of the, the success of Kevin Durant at center, I would say, yes, I agree. JaVale McGee's minutes have diminished. Um, he's... Uh, you know, he's only averaging four points and two boards, and that's, you know, that's when he does play, right? And that's, as you said, as you pointed out, it's it's a very, very specific sort of game that he comes in and plays. A good example would be the Blazers, who have, who don't have centers that can actually body up, uh, body people up very well or jump really high. So a good time for JaVale's use was, you know, in last year's series against the Portland Trail Blazers, where you could basically do a pick and roll, throw it up way high up in the air where only JaVale McGee could reach and dunk it home, essentially. Um, outside of that, the man has very little use. He gets lost on defense. He can't create much on offense. The, the guy does not have much of a future with this team. Uh, I would say even with Jordan Bell, even if Jordan Bell hadn't improved his play, I mean, D David West, and we'll get into him very shortly, but... David West and Kevon Looney uh, is is another one. Um, David West and Kevon Looney have both played very well in their. Uh, yeah, um, yeah. I, I think two two of our core centers would have to get injured before Javale McGee's minutes really matter, right? Yeah. So, uh, I mean, given given the circumstances, given the expectations, I give him a C. Uh, what do you give him? Yeah, it would be something similar, probably like yeah, a C or like a C minus. He just hasn't been very good. Um, uh, we don't need him, so it's just going to be a, a, a warm body on the roster, basically. So, right, right. Okay, moving on to Kevon Looney. Kevon Looney's a, a player that we talked about last time. Uh, a third year pro with the Warriors, playing the power forward and center position. Lost a lot of weight coming to training camp, uh, was actually healthy for once. Um, in the beginning of the season, was getting inconsistent minutes. Uh, still kind of the same story right now, but 
hey, he's he's the pro's pro, and whenever he comes in, he's ready to play. He's played some great defense. A good example was the most recent Rockets game where he got switched on uh, Chris Paul on a, on a couple of pick and rolls, and he held his ground. I mean, Chris Paul thought that he was going to cross this dude up, get to the hoop, but instead, you know, Kevon Looney took a couple charges, uh, stayed in front of him, used his length to bother him at the rim. Uh, I mean, the guy's defensive instincts are actually really good. And in some instances, in some cases, I think he's actually better than uh, than Jordan Bell on defense. I mean, Jordan Bell has a little bit more, uh, I'd say, uh, diversity on what he can do. Uh, I think Jordan Bell, for longer periods of time, would, would be able to guard the wing or guard the wings. But Kevon Looney's been pretty good every time, you know, every time we see him, which is which granted is very very limited, but when he comes in, he doesn't he doesn't make plays where you slap your head and you're like, oh my god, that's why we didn't renew his contract. We're kind of back to where we had talked about last uh, last Ewing Bang, uh, or I'm sorry, last Warrior Wednesday episode, where it, it it is kind of curious that we didn't renew his contract. Um, maybe we're playing him to build up the trade value. I'm not sure, but. I've been impressed with uh, what he's brought to the table. What do you think? Well, the reason why is because it's salary related, right? Because you're so over the cap that, you know, paying him additional year, even at like his rookie scale, which is like, I think like just over 2 million next year, um, it would be heavily compounded by the luxury tax that we're paying. So that's the main reason why I can think of, because like you said, there's, you know, if we were not over the cap, like there's no reason to keep a young, you know, forward on the roster because you can always use guys like him, especially when he shows improvement like he did this year. You know, so, you know, that's the only thing I can think of is that it's just uh, a salary move because he, it's just a two a two million dollar contract ends up being like five million because of the salary tax. What do you think he's worth uh, in the off season? Well, I mean, I think it's really hard to say because it's like I don't know what what kind of team is looking for a, a guy like him because he's still still even at 21 super raw like he doesn't have any real skills and like you said he's shown some flashes like you know he can move his feet on defense you know going back to kind of what you were saying about him and Jay Bell like I think the main thing with that Jay Bell brings is he can he can guard like you said even more positions and he has a much bigger shot blocking threat now. His instincts um, are really good also, but like, you know, with Looney, he just, he, he doesn't really kind of get up and doesn't do a lot of that. He, you know, I think he just still has a lot of limitations in his game. And I know he's still young, but like, ultimately, it's like, I don't know who is going to be looking for a guy like that who is still really raw. Not really a, a huge contributor on offense. So that's going to be the biggest thing. I mean, he's been improved for me. Like, you know, I, would definitely like to see more Looney minutes because um, I think if if he can build up that trust with Kerr, um, you know, he can see some time in the playoffs against certain teams, you know, just to buy minutes for guys. Um, you know, if he can come in for, you know, five to seven minutes in the playoffs, that's all you need. He's only, he's averaging like just under 10 minutes a game this year. But um, yeah, if he can get like five to seven, just buy some time in the playoffs then that's perfect. But, you know, he needs to consistently show that he can produce in the regular season. So, which he's done so far. So, the ability to demonstrate that you can produce is often limited by, well, you know, being able to make it out onto the court. Yeah. And to me, whenever I see Looney play meaningful minutes, I think he does a pretty good job. Um, but, you know, Kerr's rotation is, is a little bit unpredictable, especially for these end-of-the-bench guys. And, you know, it's it's hard to get a good read on these people when they're, you know, when they're only coming in and playing, you know, meaningful minutes one out one out of every five games or so. Um, that being said, I have Kevin Looney rated a B. I've I think I came into the season with no expectations for him, uh, and he's he's shown up. He's shown up. He plays well. And, uh... I would even give him even maybe even a little higher, just because my expectations were so low. You know, like. He really has exceeded what I thought he was going to be, and he's getting more minutes than I thought he was going to get, you know, because he's actually shown up and played well. So I think B would be like a, you know, a minimum. Like I would even maybe even do a B plus or something. You know, he's he's been just very good for the minutes he's given us. So. Right, right. I guess the the flip side to that is just the contract, right? Because he is paid a lot. Um, 
relative to kind of who, you know Jordan Bell, Pat McCall, and he yeah, he yeah. So that that's the only thing that holds him, holds him back for um, me giving him a higher grade, and also the you know like we talked about the the questions that we have regarding his uh, his contract for next season. Um, Pat McCall uh, came off of last uh, last NBA Finals as the guy who could be our future, the guy who played meaningful minutes in the Game 5 closeout, uh, had some great stops on defense against uh, Kyrie and, uh, and LeBron in that game, uh, killed it in Summer League, came into the season with a lot of high expectations, is going to be a restricted free agent next summer. Uh, I would say... Been a bit of a disappointment, averaging only four points, two boards, about two assists, uh, maybe w- uh, about one steal, which is pretty good. Uh, but he hasn't stepped up in the way that we would have expected, especially with you know Steph Curry and Kevin Durant missing substantial amounts of time. Uh, I would have thought with our star players missing so much time that Pat McCall would have come in by now and kind of found his place in the rotation, found some kind of stability, found some kind of confidence in his playmaking abilities, uh, developed a better three-point shot. Uh, but instead, you know, he, he's not shooting great. He doesn't have his confidence. Um, sometimes he just looks lost on offense. Uh, I would say I, I would say I'd put him at a C. I don't – I haven't been very impressed with him. Uh, that being said, he is a second-round pick. In his second year, expectations really weren't high from when we drafted him. Um, and, and granted, you know his, his game five performance might have been a little bit it, it might have been a little bit overhyped. I mean, you know, you are playing with you know some of the best basketball players in the world on your team. You 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 know you're flanked by Kevin Durant and Steph Curry and Clay Thompson and Draymond Green. So obviously, you're going to look a little bit better if you have those guys around you. You're able to take a little bit more risks, but I haven't seen him improve his game this year even though he's had the additional time to uh the additional experience and the additional opportunities to play. What do you think? Yeah, um, Pat, I mean, if you look at his stats, it's actually pretty much the same as last year. The biggest dip is his three-point shooting. You can just tell by just the eye test that he's just not making them. That's, everything else is actually pretty much similar. Like, um, his stats are just, I mean, the number of shots he takes a game, like, everything is, like, the same across the board. So that's not necessarily good, but it's not necessarily bad either, uh, because it's like, you would hope that he would be, uh, improved and, you know, showing some improvement over, you know, maybe even just select stats, but he hasn't really shown that. His number, his minutes played are very similar. So he did 15.1 last year. He's doing 16.2. So he's playing just a little over a minute at more and his stats are like flat except for his three point shooting. So like, and Pat in general, like he actually got off to a really slow start and then he's picked it up a little bit in the last couple of uh, weeks. I think he's really gotten, uh, um, you know, a lot more comfortable and a lot more consistent and uh, learning to kind of to contribute, um, even though his three ball is not really falling. Like, I can't even remember the last time I saw him make a three. Like, it's been like a couple of games, probably. The confidence is kind of shot on that right now. So, um, you know, if he can get through that, I think he'll still be a contributor. But the biggest question is, like you said, um, he's a restricted free agent. So how that's going to play a factor um, in you know, like in the off season when people are going to start making offers and making a run at him because he's only 22 still. So if you need a versatile wing defender, guys like that are in high demand. Skilled players like Pat are going to be, you know, sought after. So, yeah, I don't know. It's like I am I am a little concerned about the uh, us losing him to free agency and or to restricted free agency because, you know, us trying to match something would just be insane for the salary cap it'll be it'll be interesting but hopefully you know the lack of improvement works in our favor so he doesn't get as big offers as as if he just kind of took off this year then if he took off this year then for sure we would lose him so but i mean he hasn't really shown that big of an improvement so i guess that's the silver lining we don't really need pat that much so it's like he's he's good and uh, we i think we need him to play like decently like the way he's playing now is fine like, it's just that if the improvement could come after he signs his contract, that'd be better. So, yeah. <laughs> from, from our perspective. 
Yeah, that's that's yeah. true. And one thing one thing to keep in mind is he is the Andre Iguodala replacement, right? He is right. the guy that we, you know we're waiting for him to de- develop. So essentially, we can trade Andre Iguodala and his shitty contract two years down the road. I, I'm not saying his contract's bad right now, but in two years, I don't think that 14 million is going to be or whatever he makes right now. I think it's 13 or 14 million. 14 million. Uh, yeah, that that money is going to be way too much for a. You know, a 34, 35 year old Andre Iguodala. Yeah, because he's so, 32 right now, so it's like he's already 14.8. It's like, jeez. Right, right. So, yeah, I, I agree. I think, you know, it, the struggles of Pat McCall are a good thing from a contract end, and we're hoping that that helps us get him for pretty cheap or re sign him for pretty cheap next year. And, and after that, we can hopefully see some improvement from him. And uh, uh, so, like I said, I, I have Pat at a C. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I would probably grade him um, maybe similarly or maybe a little lower, uh, mainly because I thought he was going to get better this year, but he didn't. So kind of, um, you know, lowered my my expectations maybe a little higher than yours because I thought he was going to start coming in and maybe start shifting some of the Andre minutes over to him. But um, maybe it's still too soon because he's, you know, a second year in the league. So, um but uh, yeah, I mean C or like C minus for me. Um, but I mean, it, again, we, it doesn't need that. We don't need anything else from him. It's perfectly fine the way he's playing right now. He's still playing on defense. He's still you know doing all the stuff that we need him to do. Okay, Sean Livingston re-signed over the off season for a, a pretty hefty contract as well. I think it was uh, in the range of eight eight million a year. Yeah, eight million a year. Yeah. A million a year. Uh, he's also a little bit older. Uh, granted, a lot less mileage on his knees, but uh, for for obvious reasons, he had that horrific injury early in his career. Uh, he's been the same player, uh, more or less. Uh, you know, still a great mid range shooter. He's shooting fifty percent on the season. He comes in games. He's a he's a calming veteran presence. I I think his impact on the game has been. A little, I, I should say, streaky. Um, you know, he's a great, uh, he's a great guard to post up because of his height. He's great cutting off the ball, um, so he's able to destroy teams like the Cavs and uh, and the Rockets. But he's pretty much the same player, except now he's making, I think, five million dollars more per year. I don't love the contract. Uh, he he does what he does. I, I have him at a B minus. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, for me, it's the same. And actually, it's it's not that big of a difference. He was making like five mil last year. So he's down 7.7 this year. So it's actually not a huge increase for uh, a guy like Sean. I mean, he took a pay cut. He probably could have gotten a bigger deal somewhere else, honestly. With the, you know, spike cap and everything. Like, he really probably could have gotten something closer to 10, I would guess. But, I mean, he took a pay cut. Even his last year, um, the 2019-2020 season is only partially guaranteed. So, but yeah, I mean, Sean's the same. His numbers are similar. I mean, he's getting a little less minutes, which is good. Um, just keeping him fresh for the playoffs. So, like, just keep his minutes down, and um, you know, there's really no need to you know overrun him. You know, we have pretty good depth. So, you know, they have Pat playing some of um, the back of one minutes too. They had we, we had Quinn Cook for a little bit. Um, we didn't really need Sean to go heavy minutes. I think he's averaging like one or one and a half minutes less than last year. So, um, so that's good. I, I would keep everything, you know, the same, but, um, everything else has been good, um, with Sean, like nothing out of the ordinary. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it is what it is with Sean. I mean, you know what you're getting. It's good that his production hasn't really dropped off. So it's just like, it is what it is. And, and, um, we needed to resign him. You know, there's there was no other way. Like we didn't have the cap space to sign any other like meaningful guy, so you just have to resign the guys that you already have. And it's not old, he's not old enough where he's not going to contribute. So it's like you just watch his minutes and and he'll continue to to play well, which he has. So you know, I just kind of think that that's the way that we have to kind of deal with it with Sean because it's like, yeah. So you have him at a B minus B. Maybe I'm just a more like on a harsher scale than you, but yeah, I would, yeah, probably like, yeah, like a C even, even. So, I mean, it's like, cause it's like, I guess, I guess like for me, it's like just any, anybody that is like playing up to my level of expectation, I would just give him a C cause it's like, okay, you're not really doing anything crazy. I'm glad he's on the team and we need him. So, and he's lived up to the billing. So that's it. 
on the Nick Young Swaggy P signed in the off season with our uh, yeah the taxpayer uh, mid level yeah yep uh, improved his D across the season. I remember that first game he came out you know red hot shooting from three, but he was also really bad on defense. He he scored 19 points, but somehow was in minus 14 or something while he was on the court. So. A lot of issues with Nick Young early on in the season with his defense. Got lost, uh, lost on picks a lot of times. Was just in in horrible position uh, for help defense a lot of other times. But definitely seen the improvement. Been uh, been getting his hands in passing lanes recently. Is not scared to shoot, which is what the Warriors need. And he's actually done pretty well. I, I think he's uh, close to forty percent on threes, which is exactly where we need our three point shooters. I think he's been good for what we pay him. What he's basically performed, he, he's been a little bit more. Uh, I, I don't want. I wouldn't consider him streaky. I, I I don't think he's as much of a heat check guy as I thought he would be. I give him. Uh, I give him a B. I think for for me also, he's been actually a little better than I thought he was going to be. Also, so I would probably grade him in a similar um, range as well. But like, um, mainly because I just didn't know what kind of Nick Young you were going to get. You know, he's uh, his minutes are limited, obviously, uh, but I mean, he's much older in his career, but he still always has uh, a, uh, you know, I think he'll always find teams that will want him just for his shooting alone, uh, because he's always going to be, I mean, he's a career 78% three-point shooter. So it's like teams are going to use guys like him, you know, so, and it's like he's shooting 39% this year, so pretty good, and he you know, every shot that's there for him, he takes. So that's good because we don't need guys that are hesitant. It's like you get an open shot and you're a capable three-point shooter, jack it up and take it. You know, we want to – yeah, and he, he's good at that. And um, like you said, he's working harder on defense, so that's good. Still not – wouldn't call him a good defender, wouldn't call him an, even an above-average defender. But it's it's good to see him at least try, like trying to move his feet and getting into passing lanes and stuff like that. And, and one thing I wanted to add is you know he's one of the few guys outside of our um, you know our big three the, the the big three scorers. Nick Young is a guy who can blow a game open. You know especially oh. since he's running with the bench unit, he's a guy that can get hot. You know hit three threes in a row on the break, like make a you know, make a, a six point game, a 15 point game at the, at the end of the third quarter. Right. And we don't have anybody else like that. Even, even last year, I can't even think of anybody else that we had like that. You know, Ian Clark could make the three, but he's not the kind of guy that come off the bench and get hot. So I, I like what Nick Young's brought to the team. And like I said, B, uh, I, I'd even actually even give him a B plus just for the fact that he has that, that catch fire, uh, skill. Okay, Omri Caspi, so a, a, a signing from the offseason, a veteran, uh, could be starting on any other team, but decided to come and join the Warriors. Uh, he's been a real gem, uh, great cutter, really good shooter. He's shooting 50% field goals, 44% on the three. Uh, he's kind of spurred some some comebacks this year also. Uh, I would say less to the effect of Nick Young, but he's definitely had a presence uh, he hasn't shot as many threes as we thought he would, um, especially with the roster that we have, uh, with the spacing that we can get. I, I thought that uh, Omri Caspi would be shooting more threes, um, but like I said, he's been more effective cutting to the rim. Him and David West have a really good connection. I, I would like to see a little bit more dimension to his game in you know spacing out and shooting those threes because he is a really good shooter. It's just we haven't seen him do too much of it. Uh, I have him at a, uh, at a B plus. Yeah, I mean, he he actually is not – I mean, he's a good three-point shooter, but, I mean, he is – his volume – he's never been a volume three-point shooter. Like, everyone just remembers his game with Steph where they traded seven threes and, you know, go back and forth. But that's all people remember. But, like, he really – I mean, his career average is two and a half threes a game. Like, I mean, he's taking a lot less this year. He's only taking 0.5. But, I mean, still, like, he's not a volume three-point shooter. Like, that's just – they think he's not a Nick Young, you know. Like, Nick Young would just keep jacking him up. So, if, like, for me, like, I always, like, I thought Omri Caspi, I would rate him, like, really high. Because I thought he was, um, he's brought so much more stuff that, and part of that is, is I, I guess it would be my fault. Because I just didn't watch a lot of, like, Sacramento games and stuff. So, it's like, I didn't know what other stuff that he brought to the table. But he's um really high IQ player. And, like you said, he can do a lot of different things. 
um, cutting to the basket. He's a good playmaker. Um, he's able to like, you know, uh, find the open guys a lot too. So yeah, he's, he's been really good. Like I thought him in the second unit has been fantastic. Um, he's able to come in and start a couple of games for us as well. Yeah. I mean, I've really liked him. Um, he's been a lot better than I thought. I, we don't really need him to take threes. Um, he's, you know, he takes it when he's like completely wide open, basically. Um, but like anything else, like he'll do a pump kick, get to the basket, make plays. And, you know, I don't mind him doing that. I think for him, it's just making sure like defensively he's locked in. Cause I still think he gets, um, yeah, he gets beaten off the dribble like pretty often. And just like, he's not, but I mean, I think with Caspi, he's never been like, a defensive stalwart so it's like not exactly something to be expected but i would just hope to see some improvement there but yeah i would rank i would rank him high mainly because um you know he's just been a lot better than i thought he was gonna be yeah okay uh, jordan bell bought from the chicago bulls for three and a half million dollars last year uh his salary is a, a second round pick salary so we're only paying him i i you know probably in the range of eight hundred thousand dollars a year or something like that a lot of hype around him had that sick alley-oop off the backboard to himself uh, early on the season, you know, runs the floor well, makes some really good passes. There are some games where he gets five or six assists, which is very, very uh, Draymond Green-like almost. I mean, he passes out of the pick and roll pretty well. Um, Good finisher at the rim. Hasn't really developed that mid-range game yet, which which is fine. I mean, it wasn't what he was expected to do, and I'm sure it'll... It'll come over time as he, you know, develops in his career and plays with the Warriors more. Um, one problem is he he does leave his feet a lot on defense and guards, you know, pump fake the hell out of him and draw that, you know, draw that foul. Uh, you know, Chris Paul had that and one on him from the free throw line last uh, last week. Um, that's really the only thing that he he I feel like he needs to work on. But for a second round pick. He's been great. I mean, I have him at a B plus. I, I feel like I should even change that to an A minus, especially since he's going to be part of the rotation in the future, regardless of how Kevin Looney plays. Um, and he's going to be, uh, you know, he, he's going to be a starting. Uh, he's going to be starting for us very soon, within the next two years, I'm sure. What do you have for him? Yeah, I would probably rate him at like an A minus, and you know, same points that you touched on. Just you know. Uh, rookie mistakes, like he is, you know, very prone to pump fakes and stuff like that. But I mean, a lot of rookies are, so it's like you can't really expect him to be 100%. And you'll you'll see guys teaching him on the sidelines. You know, you'll see Dre and KD kind of talk to him and be like, "Hey, look, you need to like stay down on these guys," you know. And uh, because it's like he has the mobility to stay with these guys, so don't fall for the, you know. The little cheap little like pump fakes and all that stuff. Like, don't fall for it. You can stay with these guys. Like, trust in your own footwork. But it's just a lot of that is just like making sure that you are mentally aware, like who you're playing with. Also, it's like, dude, this guy pump fakes a lot. Or it's like, hey, look, if you're guarding like guards, like don't fall for it. Like they're very strong. You're big, and they they're just gonna try to pump fake you to get you in the air. So it's like. A lot of that is just like teaching the young the young guys like how to react to that. And uh, but he's been really good. There's just you can count the number of times in a game where he gets switched onto a smaller dude and he or even a wing defender and he can just stay with him. And then you know we don't have to talk about his shot blocking. That's well documented. So I mean he's a really good shot blocker and he's a great help defender. But you know just being the versatility. You know basically from you know two through five he can guard. And uh, we just need more switchy big men, and that's what Jay Bell brings. Um, but, you know, there's other stuff. Like on offense, he's also, like you said, very limited, no jump shot, nothing. Um, really only dunks and catches lobs down uh, underneath. Um, he's been, gotten better, like you said, passing out of double teams and stuff like that. But um, he still looks really lost on, like, high pick and rolls um, when they give him the ball. Like, he's not able to, like, make plays a lot. And he's looking to get rid of it really quickly. Like, he'll just, you give him the ball up top, and then he's, like, looking for, like, a handoff right away. Right? So a lot of that, it's like, I don't know what the expectations are with Jay Bell. It's like, if they want him to be more of a playmaker, but he's not showing any signs of that right now. It's just very lost. Like, with somebody like Draymond, you give it to him, he's surveying the floor. He's, like, trying to make a play. But Jordan Bell, 
anything outside of five feet, he's like very uncomfortable. And the only time is that he's able to make a, a quick decision that he's shown is like you said, off the trap pick and rolls where he's rolling to the basket and he's probably, um, you know, got guys collapsing on him and he can pass to an open guy. But um, he just, you know, it, you you can't expect that from a rookie. So like he'll continue to get better with more minutes and he's getting minutes. You know, Jay Bell has been fantastic. Yeah, I would have him at an A minus. He's just been really good for us. And I think if he can clean up some of those um, defensive mistakes and ticky tack stuff, he can get more minutes in the playoffs, like significant minutes. Moving on to David West, almost retired of the offseason, decided that he had one more season in him. He came back and he looked even better than he did last season. His his mid range stroke is still on. He's still he's still finding the open cutters uh, from the high post position. His defense has been awesome. I mean, he had that game saving block against the Lakers off a a very very hectic play. Uh, he's always in the paint, always positioned really really well. I think he's been our best center. Um, granted, we keep his minutes low. He probably only averages 14, 15 minutes a game when he does play. But, man, I mean, he's been he, – he's stabled the ship a lot of times. And when it comes time for the playoffs where you have a lot more time off between games, he's going to see a lot of minutes. He's going to play a lot of crunch time minutes. And uh, I don't know if you've noticed this, but we've gone away from that lineup of death even when people have been healthy. And David West has often been that fifth guy in there. Yeah, it just it just hasn't been very good. I mean, they just haven't played a lot, and the results haven't been very good. Um, but, I mean, there's no reason for us to do that. A lot of that might just be, you know, Iggy uh, declining and uh, a lot of guys being hurt. But, but yeah, I mean, I agree. I mean, Wes has been way better um, than um, than he was last year. His field goal percentage is through the roof. I mean, his mid-range is, like, just on automatic right now, and he's converting at the basket really well. Um, and yeah, I mean, everything's been good for him so far and, and defensively he's, um, you know, getting blocks and, you know, at a much higher rate than last year also. So, you know, he's been, yeah, he's just been really good. I just been surprised that somebody who's like 37 to like continue to contribute, um, and just improve on what he did last year, you know, and it was just like, you know, the number of minutes he's playing is the same, but you know, everything's up. So it's, it's just crazy. It's almost like after he knew that he was going to come back for one more season, he improved his conditioning. Like he, he improved his body after he knew that he, he had to come back and he, he knew what kind of preparation it would require. So yeah, he, he, he just looks a lot fresher this year. I mean, he's got a little bit more lift. I mean, he, he even looks better than he did in his last season in um, San Antonio. I remember watching him in San Antonio. He looked awful. Like his legs weren't there. His mid range J was all short. Um, so it's good to see him uh, playing at this level. We're going to need it. Uh, I have him at an A. I would I would have West at an A also. He's been definitely one of the, the surprises for me this year, based on age and all things considered, obviously. so. Okay, Zaza uh, also re-signed in the offseason. He, he does what he did last year. He hasn't improved. He, he sets screens, does the dirty work. Still pretty reluctant around the basket. Though he can score, averages five points. Yeah, we don't need boards. him to score. That's the main thing. Like, yeah. I'd actually rather him not take certain shots. You know, like when he's like left open with like his little like twelve footer. Yeah, yeah, his jumper isn't great. <laughs> like, I just want to die. Like when he takes it, I'm just like, just can you just like hold on to it and pass it to somebody else to shoot it? Like, I'd rather like Clay or Steph shoot a contested three than him with a wide open like twelve footer. That just shit never goes in. Like, fucking sucks. But I mean, like, like you said, he's not expected to make much, and yeah, exactly. So it's just like it is what it is with Zaza. Like exactly like you said, like everything is just you just leave it. What he does, what he brings to the table, is exactly what you get. Like yeah. you know, as long as he doesn't become some high it. volume like post up center that tries to create for himself, which which he isn't, right? I mean, he takes his own shots more out of necessity. Maybe it's late in the shot clock, or he's really just that wide open that you know it. it he can't turn it down, but he's not out there trying to create for himself or do too much. Exactly. Yeah. He's not trying to create all that. And, you know, we just need him to big body to bang around in the playoffs. And then um, in case anybody is shooting a jump shot, we just need him to slide under real quick and then um, get them injured real quick. And then that, that's all we need, dude. Those are the main things that we need from him. Yeah. That's it. Injure Kawhi. 
anything else. <laughs> Inter Kawhi and uh, box out Tristan Thompson. So yeah, I, <laughs> yeah pretty. Much. Oh, you can but he can now box out Tristan Thompson from the bench because TT basically yeah, doesn't play at all. Yeah, this year TT hasn't played much. But I, I got to say, I mean, I think Zaza in the finals was was key in keeping TT off the boards, and, and we. Yeah, yeah for and sure. we, you know, Bogut, Bogut in 2015-2016, I feel like wasn't that great of a positional rebounder anymore. So uh, I think Zaza actually does a better job of that. Um, yeah, of that. his and, huge ass. Yeah, his huge, uh, huge Georgian ass. Yeah, on that, huge uh, Georgian ass. <laughs> uh, moving on, Andre Iguodala, uh, like we talked about earlier in the podcast, got brought back for a three-year, essentially $14 million per year contract. Uh Still great on defense, great playmaking. Shooting has been terrible. I mean, his three-point shooting's dropped, I think, to the low – I think below 30%. Oh, yeah. Tony oh. Allen numbers, basically. And teams oh, are teams are now starting to leave him open, and he's airballed them. I mean, I, I think it was the Houston game or one of the games on the recent road trip where he airballed three threes in a game. I, I mean – this is a concern if that we're going to have to rely on the death lineup against these fast teams like the Cavs, the Celtics. Um, if teams start leaving him open and sacking off, then you know that that's going to create problems for Curry, for Clay, for uh, for KD, especially if one of them is hurt. Then they can start swarming the you know the other two guys and leaving you know uh, Iggy open because we already have a problem with Draymond Green's three point shooting as well. So and we're going to get into that in a second. But um, I, I know Iggy's been fighting some injuries, which which is a concern. I know his back's been giving him problems, but um, for fourteen million dollars a year and for how cautious we've been with him, uh, I don't think he's been producing as much as we would like and i think he's starting to become a liability i have iguodala at a b minus i might even put him at a c plus yeah i'd probably have more c than anything iggy just hasn't been good this year like you know it's the same like high iq stuff that he'll always bring but you know at some point it's like look you need to look past it you just need to like make some shots like 42 and a half percent from field goal like 22.6 from threes like he's just been absolutely like horrific and he's just like you said. It's it's also part of the reason why like that that lineup probably hasn't been working because Dre and Iggy's three just hasn't been going, and that's not going to be a viable solution because they need to be halfway decent on threes. Like ever since he's been with GSW, he's been thirty five percent three point shooter. Iggy has and thirty six last year, so he's been about league average three point shooter. So it's like that's what you need. You just need him to make league average. Like, you can't leave, like, an average guy open too many times because they'll make enough to hurt you, you know. But, like, you can leave guys who are 22% three-point shooters, you know, and they're only two. So it's like that limits the effectiveness of the lineup because, like you said, all the spacing gets fucked up. Like, you know, that's the whole – the benefit of having the death lineup is that you have – Space five guys. Yeah. yeah, five and guys who can drain. All the those guys can shoot at a reasonable clip, but with two guys that are sub thirty five percent, like, what are you gonna do? Like, you know, you can only so have one of those guys out there. Up. Yeah, yeah, uh, and on that topic, Draymond Green um, averaging eleven, eight, and eight, which is great. He's gotten a fair share of triple doubles this year. Still plays with the same defensive intensity. Still has the great playmaking skills. Um, I think he's been a little bit sloppy with the turnovers. I, I feel like a lot of those, you know, face palm moments that we have are when Draymond's trying to trying to do too much on the break. His shooting's gone down. I mean, last I think it was last year he was shooting it the three at thirty eight percent or thirty seven percent, something a lot higher. But this year it's dipped to thirty two percent. Which you know, as we just talked uh, talked about, contributes to the inability to to play the death lineup to get that spacing in the fifth quarter or in the fourth quarter. I don't know if there's some injuries that are bothering him. I know he's been out several games. Um, it, it might just be Kerr's resting regiment, but he hasn't really impressed from the shooting end. He's been a little bit less than what we thought he would be. I have him at a B minus. Yeah, actually, so you were thinking about two years ago. He shot 38% from three two years ago. Last year, he had a he had a really bad year. So he had 
but overall shooting, he was just a horrific last year. So that was not, that was, looked like it was just a dip. So his numbers are up from this year, but they're not back to two years ago when he was basically a lot more, uh, efficient shooting the ball. Like he was that year when we won, um, 73 games, he was, yeah, he was, uh, 38% from three and 49% field goal. Like not even close. His, his field goal, effective field goal percentage was way higher. Um, but now it's like, you know, he, last year was so bad. Um, this year's got come back up a little bit, but not to the levels of two years ago. So I think that still is going to play a factor because like he's another, he's sub 35% on three still, you know, so it's still, he's still not shooting it well. Um, he's 33% this year so far. So, um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, defensively, I actually think he slipped a little bit. I've watched uh, pretty much most of the games, and yeah, I don't know. I just I don't see the same level of like going after a lot of the um, the perimeter guys, and like you know, he's um, you know, I don't know if that just comes with the emergence of KD also um, as more of a defensive player. But like I, for me, like I think his defense slipped a little bit, um, but. It's, he's still going to be very good. I mean, he can still be super versatile. And maybe we'll see a pickup in the playoffs again. Just He's just saving it for the playoffs. He already got defensive player yeah. of the year, so it's like whatever. It's like there's really no reason Nothing for him to, to like prove, go yeah. balls out and try to get another one. You know, it's like – so it is what it is. But, I mean, he's been good. Um, but, yeah, we'd like to see the numbers go up a little bit more But um, from a shooting perspective. But, I mean, everything else is pretty much in line. Um, with uh, previous years, man, he was so good two years ago. That was that was one of the reasons why we won so many games. <laughs> he was, yeah, well, he was really good like two years ago. Yeah, yeah, trying a lot harder, I think. Yeah. So I, I have, I'm have at a B minus. What do you got? Yeah, I would probably, um, yeah, it would be probably similar to that. Um, I don't, I wouldn't go any further than than a B or B minus. Yeah, I mean, he's been good, but not. We'd like to see a little bit more improvement. So. Okay, Clay Thompson. Uh, I think he's the only warrior uh, warrior that's played all forty games. Been shooting well. I think he's at, hanging around uh, around forty four percent from the three point from the arc, which is good. Uh, obviously, he's not the primary scoring option for this team, so he's able to get open a little bit more than Steph and KD. One thing I noticed was twenty one points per game seems a little bit low for a guy who has a lot. of has a lot of opportunities because KD and Steph have been out. Um, you know, this is the year that he was supposed to, you know, kind of step up because I mean, he's, he's the next one up for an extension, I believe. And, you know, you would think that he would be, you know, trying to take over games himself. Um, you know, especially with KD and uh, Steph missing a lot of time. He had one game where he was, uh, he was supposed to be the guy when we played the Kings, but you know, he wasn't able to carry the team. You know, he shot horribly that game, you know, had, I think, two two chances at the game winner, missed them both. Uh, so he still hasn't developed to be the go-to guy. You know, he, he still, ha- I feel like, still has to play off of Steph and uh, and KD. I don't know if the, the expectation was for him to take that leap this year or if it's ever going to be the expectation if we have Steph and KD. But it was just something, my, you know, from a, personal standpoint i would have liked to have seen clay step up this year uh which is why i i have him as a b um from a durability standpoint you know he's brought the same consistency every night uh just hasn't taken that next step yet um yeah i mean i this is this is probably the the first one we're going to disagree on but i actually don't i actually would grade clay as like an a this year um because I think he's been his shooting numbers are way better. He's forty five percent on threes. That's a career high by far, uh, by like almost like point one, by like yeah, almost one percent, like one and a half percent. And then his two pointers have been going really well too. Forty eight point three, you know, fifty one percent on twos. So um, yeah, I mean, I don't think I ever need Clay to be anything more than what he's doing now. And he's doing it a lot better. <laughs> he's doing the same things that he does every year, but a lot better. I mean, his points are down, but I don't really care about his points. I just, I care about his shooting efficiency. Like, we don't need points. Like, um, Clay and, you know, Clay can just be the guy that's the extra shooter that spreads the floor. And if he can make more threes, um, then I don't really care about his point totals. And I don't think he cares. Like, he doesn't really seem like the type of guy that would want to take over, um, 
and and be like the go-to guy because you know as it's clay clay it, it, he is what he is you know he's a shooter and he's a defender like that's what he does like i would yeah but if, if he wants to get paid if he wants to get, you know like that's the thing like there's no way if we don't pay him somebody else will like he's the best 3 and d guy in the league like there's no you, there's always going to be a max that's a max contract guaranteed like it's not about like him getting paid or not like he's going to get paid like he understands that like there's no reason for him to like like and for us it's like i think for me like it would be great if he could be a little better on playmaking and stuff like that but like i don't need him to like try to like take over a game and hog shots and stuff like that i don't need him to do that i need him to take open shots and um make them and his, his shooting numbers are better you know he, i mean he's almost he's almost 50 40 90 this year it's crazy he's 88.5 on free throws and you know 45 percent on threes and then 48.5 on twos like it's crazy like there's only a handful of guys that do that and it's like i don't need him to go like crazy or anything like that like for me personally um he, this would be probably like one of my favorite like offensive seasons from clay so yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I guess for me, like I said, it was it's a personal expectation that to see him grow. But you're right; he doesn't need to when you have when you have Steph and KD around him. Um, okay. Agree to disagree. Uh, Steph Curry uh, started out the season with some lower shooting percentages, uh, a very very uh, pedestrian forty percent from three pointers. Uh, Sat out with the injury for 12 games, has come back on a terror. I mean, he's, he dropped 45 on the Clippers the other day in three quarters. Uh, his three-point shooting, I think, is through the roof at something something like 54%. Yes, um, coming back, he's been ridiculous, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and definitely, you know, having that kind of rest helps, right? And having the luxury of being the best team in the NBA, even without him, helps a lot. So he didn't have to rush back or anything. Uh, it's good to see that he came back with uh, with improvement on his shot. Uh, I have him at an A minus, and that's that's kind of with the caveat that he stays uh, stays at this level um, because if he regresses back to you know the the forty percent uh, three point shooting, he'll you know it, it, it'll still be good, but it's not the Steph Curry that we that we've expected in the past, right? Yeah, I mean especially because last year he shot career low from three, um, and I think a lot of that is just like. Um, you know, the fatigue of like multiple finals and all that stuff. So any kind of brief rest that you can get mid season, like he did this year, I think is going to help. So I think that injury was kind of a, a blessing in disguise for him also. Cause it's, you know, it's not anything, it wasn't anything serious, but he could take his time getting back. So get, get himself like mentally ready. And he was even talking about like, he was like peeking at his basketball reference and seeing it was like 39% and, and shit. And he was like, Oh man, dude, I got to, come back and he came back like fucking gangbusters so we'll take it and that with kd out the next couple of games like he's just gonna be you know it's just gonna be mvp season stuff again he's just gonna be jacking up shots um that's how we do it and that is is if, if he's gonna keep playing like that and keep shooting it like that then we're they're not nobody's gonna beat us we're just gonna be like that 73 win team again like yeah and that that's what was most impressive that he came back and he did all this without Without KD in the in the Houston and uh, uh, Clippers game, I mean, granted, you know, Houston didn't have Harden with them, and uh, yeah, the Clippers are dog shit. But still, it's very impressive because um, you know, like like we saw in our struggles against the Dallas Mavericks, you know, and, and any NBA team can play well on any given night, yeah. right? But um, I uh, uh, that Clipper game, like, I could not name like three of the guys on that team. <laughs> no, I'm so, I, dude, I follow the NBA all the time. I could not name those yeah. guys. Ambrose asking yeah. me like who this guy was. I was like, I have no idea who that guy is. Yeah, they had a guy starting name like CJ Williams. Yes, CJ. I'm like, who the hell is CJ Williams? Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And they, uh, I mean, no, and honestly, they're ravaged record, by injuries. They're just yeah, and there's actually, and they're only you, you know uh, half game or a game and a half out of the yeah, season. That's crazy, dude, yeah. yeah. So I mean, that, that's a team that that could make a. Make a comeback, but different conversation for a different day. Um, well, let's wrap up the player grades with KD. Asserted himself with Steph out. Uh, he's been playing out of his mind. You know, that Christmas ga- the Christmas Day game, he was awesome. I mean, he went toe-to-toe with LeBron, you know, wanted to lock him down, uh, made the big shots, played great defense. I mean, you know, this has been covered 
you know, very well in depth, but leads the league in shot blocks is on pace to set a historic record for, for block shots. Um, really not much more to say. I mean, he wants that defensive player of the year award and he hasn't sacrificed what he's been able to do on the offensive end. Uh, I have him at an A. I don't know if there's anything else we need to add. Yeah. I mean, he's also another 50, 40, 90 year, potentially, um, 50 at right at 50 field goal, 39 on threes, and then 89.4 on free throws. So another like super efficient year from KD. And, um, but yeah, defensively, he's been awesome. Um, he really, uh, man, he's, he's just been really good. <laughs> like I just don't, yeah. I mean, I think some of it has been a little overhyped, uh, but he's been good. Like, but like, I think for him to be like, you know, his blocks and stuff, that's no joke. Like, he is leading the league in blocks. So, like, that's for sure that's going to be there. But, like, you know, I I think from a defensive perspective, if he can sustain it for the rest of the year, then um, then he definitely has a – would be in the running for defensive play of the year. Like, top three, probably. Yeah, especially with Kawhi missing yeah. so much time. And, and, and Gobert. So. Yeah. Oh, yep, yep. Kawhi uh, tore something in his yeah. shoulder, and Gobert's missed a lot of yeah, time. So like right. The so. stalwarts are, and Dre, I think for he's not really in the conversation this year. I think he's just he's slipped a little bit. So it's like a lot of the stalwart guys are not there. So it kind of opens up. Um, you know, you have like Giannis, you have like you know KD, so guys like that who could potentially get it. So I mean, we'll see. But he's been awesome this year. Definitely an, an A grade for me. And yeah, he's he's been super good. So yeah. Yeah, and on, one thing about those blocks is that you know he, people are saying that he does gamble a little bit more for those blocks. He he does come out, um, he does come weak side a lot more to to you know to help with those blocks. But he doesn't he doesn't leave his feet and mistime his jumps like the the way that Carl Anthony Towns does. <laughs> like you know there are there are these athletic guys that that are there for health defense, but miss time their jumps so badly that a, they miss the, uh, they miss the block and B, if they affect this shot, they, they give up the offensive rebound. Like they, they give it the putback. KD doesn't do that. He, he either gets the block or when he affects the shot, he's able to recover in time to at least contest the putback. Um, and that's what makes KD, a, you know, that much of a better defender. I think. Yeah. James, it's been fun. This has been another Warrior Wang Bang Wednesday. Thank you to all you E-Wang Bangers for listening. This is your host, Emil Wang. And this is Genio James. Go Warriors. That, that, that's it. Oh, it's a great-